0: tinder (laughs) shiver me tinders hello michelle hi geordie how are you i'm good thank you you look perky don't even say that i look perky as in like someone perked up it's not good. I'm not looking my best, but I'm talking to you, so, you know, I've always Happy got a smile days. on my face. Welcome yes. to eavesdropping, to all the eavesdroppers out there. I've got to say, I love our eavesdroppers. Don't you, Michelle? I do. We've got the best, best eavesdroppers. They send us great messages and they're always like listening, giving us all sorts of nice little feedback and tidbits. Tidbits. I got a, well, we got a great <laughs> message from Al
1: one of our unofficial researchers who has been a bit quiet recently, but he told me that he's been catching up on all the episodes, laughing. Actually, he sent us some great pictures of him with some big things in australia we did talk on our youtube about big things and he's discovered the big lobster somewhere in south australia fantastic thanks al he also sent us a wonderful video of judas priest who echoed your sentiments from last week's episode about privacy and being watched all the time by the the big man the man whoever uh in their song what was it called oh god
0: i've forgotten i told you what it was earlier I know. Hang on. Let me just look this up because it is on Facebook. One moment, please, caller.
1: But what I loved about the video was that I watched the YouTube video. Thank you, Al. And it's Judas Priest who come on stage playing their instruments somewhere like, I don't know where it is, some, I don't know, Wembley Stadium or something like that. And then... The singer, because I thought, where's where's that singing voice coming from? And where's that chappy that always wears the leather? And then it comes out singing from down the middle of the stage, which is a classic, classy move. Can't get on my Facebook. Never mind. It's called
0: something like The Eye in the Sky. I can't remember. Sorry. But it was a good one. And thank you so much, Al, for posting on the Facebook. We love it when people post on Facebook.
1: Yeah. I have been watching, no, I have been listening to some really good podcasts. There are other podcasts out there, people, that you can listen to, not just <laughs> ours. What have you been listening well, to? Well, <laughs> one of them is, it's actually in conjunction with the TV program. You love it, I love it. It's the Shrine podcast. It started with oh. Line of Duty, the three Irish guys who love to kind of give a companion Podcast to all of the Line of Duty seasons, wonderful. But now that Line of Duty's finished, they've got to they've gotta keep themselves busy. So they've chosen Trigger Point, which stars Line of Duty's Kate, who's the actress is that lady
0: Vicky McClure, Vicky McClure, Vicky
1: McClure, That's she's who it is. gorgeous. Could I forget
0: that, she's yeah.
1: gorgeous and such a great actress. And we watched the first episode together, didn't we, of this bomb disposal drama? It was pretty good, but what I have to say was, I actually did a laugh out loud with earphones in on public transport yesterday, listening to Shrine of Duty. No, just Shrine, it's called Shrine now, about Trigger Point, episode. Three, where they're talking about I think Hannah is talking about going to Vietnam and drinking a, a type of coffee that's made of civet poo just oh. listen it's so <laughs> funny it is such a funny conversation
0: oh I, I think Hannah's actually my favorite <laughs> I love their voices Hannah Rebecca and Brendan they're fabulous I wish I was Irish do you Scottish Welsh they're Irish are they Irish? Yes. I think they sound beautiful. I could listen to their accents all day. Come here to me.
1: I love that. Well, I've got family in Ireland, so I, I recognise all of those. Oh, it's gas means it's great.
0: Okay. Yeah, they've got all different lingo, don't they? They do. If you ever have
1: anyone ask you where the jacks is when you're in a pub in, in Ireland or Dublin, it's the toilets.
0: Oh, it's the dunny?
1: Yeah, the Jacks.
0: The Jacks. Well, there you go. There you go. I didn't know any of that. Well done. Have you been to Dublin, Michelle Ireland? Yes. I have. Yes. And it was absolutely beautiful. And I'm getting that mixed up. You went (laughs) to Wales or Scotland. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, Oh my God. But I have been to Dublin. Oh, have you? You sure? I have. No, but it was a long time ago and I I just had this moment where a bit of a brain freeze. But, no, I went on a romantic that ended up being not romantic at all. Is that where somebody had the shits
1: or somebody threw up? That's what usually (laughs) seems to happen for your romantic breakaways.
0: No, he just had the shits. As in, he was just a pain in the arse. It was, yeah, (laughs) it wasn't. It wasn't a great weekend. It was actually a birthday weekend that went wrong. Oh, hey ho! Uh, So that was in Edinburgh, but Dublin. I I actually had to do a story there once, and it was amazing. So brilliant. There it is. Yeah. Okay. But um, I I can't say I've been. I've mean, been to Northern Ireland. No, Ireland. Yeah, it was. It was really beautiful. No, it's somewhere. It's on my list. It's on my list. I'd love to go. Sorry, Irish eavesdroppers. We'll go on tour to Ireland. Yeah.
1: No one will have heard us, but that's okay. We'll talk. <laughs> they like talk. They like talking. We wouldn't get a word in, Michelle.
0: And they're like drinking Guinness. Oh,
1: wow. Okay.
0: <laughs> no, but it, no, they're Guinness. Come on. Yeah, yeah. I just wondered what the accent was. That's all.
1: Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny that we're talking about accents today, Michelle, because I've got a story about accents for you a little bit later on. But I'd love to know what you want to talk about today.
0: Well, I'm talking about something today that everyone seems to be talking about. And yeah. And look... If you listen to the first episode of the year, this is being season three, you'll know that we looked at catfishing and then, what do you know, zeitgeisty, a few weeks later, everyone online is talking about the Tinder Swindler on Netflix, which is basically about one of the biggest catfish con artists and these three women who basically swiped right on the wrong dude. Have you seen it? Oh dear. No, I haven't. Have you heard about it? Yes, I have because I turned on my Netflix the other day and up it came. Yeah, there you go. It's getting so much traction and people are really freaked out by it. But of course, you know, we've been looking into catfishing for years now. So, you know, we're not surprised by con artists or people who catfish
1: course not we're so au fait with the fraudster and the swindlers and we know all about that don't we Michelle
0: we do and for anyone who listened to the Anna Delvey podcast we did this is sort of on the same level but there's you know while she was just swindling money out of people who were business associates he's gone for more of the romantic angle so it is a bit sadder but look Spoiler alert. Oh, here we go. For anyone who wants to watch a show and doesn't want any spoilers, like tune out for the next five minutes or so because, you know, the Tinder Swindler is something that I can imagine you're probably going to watch it like curled up on the sofa when there's nothing else to watch. If you do want to watch it, maybe uh, don't listen. You didn't really want to watch that, did you? Spoiler alert. I'm just going to give a little rundown because it's about this Israeli guy called Shimon Yehuda Hayut. I have no idea if that's actually how, that's how you amazing. pronounce uh,
1: I think you've done a good job there. Do you think that
0: sounds better than my Irish accent? Absolutely.
1: And I think all the Irish would agree.
0: So Shimon Yehuda Hayut. Um that's his name, but he actually does not use that name on Tinder because he goes by the name of Simon Leviev. And he says on his Tinder profile, he's the CEO of LLD Diamonds, which, yeah, by the way, I did a quick duck, duck, go on that. And immediately it pops up that a guy called Greg Sofiev is the CEO of LLD Diamonds, right? Right. So LLD Diamonds is real,
1: but he's not the boss. Exactly. Gotcha. If
0: you're if you're Googling or duck, duck going and you and something like that doesn't add up, maybe your brain thinks, but this is a mil- a billionaire who wants to take me on a date. So maybe you just think it's wrong. I don't know. Right. Because the girls on this documentary, they swear that they Google everyone before they go on a date with them. But I don't know. And then on Tinder, Simon calls himself the Prince of Diamonds because he says not only is he the CEO of LLD Diamonds, he says he's also the son and heir to the king of diamonds, who is his dad, uh, billionaire Lev Levayev, who owns LLD Diamonds. So I was like, okay, these girls are Googling everything and everyone. Mm. I looked up. Lev Levayev, and as you said, LLD Diamonds is real, and he's real too. He really is a billionaire. Mm -hmm. He is a billionaire. He really does own LLD Diamonds, and I think that probably stands for Lev Levayev Diamonds. Diamonds. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You're hired. (laughs) (laughs) But you know, again, I just did a quick duck, duck, go on this, and it shows immediately. The dude Lev, he doesn't have a son called Simon. Oh, so God. again, for all the googling, the victims of this scam say they did before going on a date with this guy. I just, I'm not convinced that they did because this information is really easy to find. So I don't know. And look, actually, in the days since the Tinder swindler came out, um, LLD. Diamonds have officially like, released a statement and they've said our company has no connection whatsoever with Simon Hayut. He is a fraud who has tried to exploit our good name to con victims out of millions of dollars. Our sympathies go to his victims. His fraud has also caused ongoing confusion about our company. Nothing he has said about LLD or anything else should be believed. Mm-hmm. So, LLD are making it really clear this scam has nothing to do with them. They're distancing themselves. Yeah. And look, basically, the scam is this. So, Simon slash... Slash? Slash? <laughs> oh, my God. Simon. Simon slash <laughs> Shimon. <laughs> my God. And- I know, How sorry. are we going to get through
1: this story? I don't
0: know. <laughs> it's outrageous. could so you um, chose this story with other people's names rather than the shh and the I z- know, but the thing is, his name is uh, Shimon and all I can think is Shimon, motherfucker. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, so I'm just going to call him Simon. Simon created this fake Tinder profile and I think he was on other dating apps as well. You know, like I said, claiming he was the son of a billionaire. And look, I mean, his profile, because, you know, they they show it on the documentary. Is it good looking? No. Honestly, he's the kind of guy that you would swipe left on because you'd be
1: like, Bleh. what does that mean? Hang on. You have to go back a step because you have to remember, I've been in
0: a relationship for decades. I don't know about the swiping. Okay. So, Tinder, you know, it's basically like the world's biggest hookup app. You swipe left to be like, "Mm -mm, no thanks. So, so left is a no-go. Left is get in the bin. Yeah, bin you off. Right is, oh, okay, let's have a go. And if if you've swiped right and he's swiped right – Then, boom, it comes up and it says, you're a match. It's a match. And then you have access to their – to be able to to message them. Whereas before, you can't message anyone. You have to have a match, which then immediately releases the opportunity to be able to message each other.
1: So you don't get – it's like being at a bar and you are able to not even be approached by the people that you just don't – you're not interested in talking to.
0: No. No. So it's like – You're like swiping left going dream on and not saying yes to you. And then you're like, oh, oh. But I, and I'm not victim blaming here because I feel like these girls were really truly conned. But for me, dude is not good looking, but I'm sure he's some girls types because he's, seems to get a lot of girls however well because he tells them that he's a bloody billionaire that's how exactly he'll get a certain type
1: of girl let me just point out not all the girls will go for that ruse even if he was a real billionaire
0: no and look really I mean because you know he has the exact kind of profile where that would have had me swiping left because He's dressed in like really flashy designer clothes, designer sunglasses. He's got pictures of him in private jets and fancy cars and he's flying a helicopter. He's no. in nightclubs surrounded by no. models with big magnets of champagne. No, you know, he's got his bodyguard. He's no, you know, like you. him in front of landmarks all over the world, beaches, no. blah, 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 blah. And it's, it's basically, he's a, looks like a creep and he's the kind of guy that I think most people would avoid at all costs, especially as he's like, Oh, I'm a, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a billionaire. I'm a CEO. And, and you know, most people, I, look, I know rich people. I know really rich people. They're not putting that stuff on Tinder because they don't want to attract the kind of girl who is looking for money. And look, just cutting forward to the end of the documentary, the girls got a lot of hate from people when like what happened to them went public. They Mm. did get a lot of hate from people going gold diggers, you deserve everything you get. Oh, wow. Um, If you're too stupid to, you know, realize you'd been scammed, Mm. then you deserve everything you got coming to you, all that kind of stuff. So it's not very nice. No, it's not very nice. But equally, you know, you do sort of see how these girls were swept up into the, the the fantasy of the money. Dude on his profile looks like a bit of a dick. But like I said, I think loads of w- women didn't think he looked like a dick. Because obviously he was getting loads of matches for whatever reason. I don't know. But his MO was this. So he'd match with a woman online. And then he'd arrange to meet them super quick. Like pretty much that day um, for a coffee in, in whatever kind of expensive hotel he was staying in. And in the, sw- in the Tinder Swindler documentary, we know all this because his first victim that is in the doco, uh, Cecilia Fjellhøy, she's what? Norwegian. I can tell you that is exactly how you pronounce it because <laughs> I asked my boyfriend who's Swedish and he's like, because I was like, Fjellhøy? He's like, no, it's an O with a, a slash through it. It's Hjøy. So uh, <laughs> Cecilia Fjellhøy. So she first like when she matched with Simon they he said come and meet me at 10 a.m for a coffee date at the Four Seasons in London which is you know super fancy hotel this was in January 2018 and according to her he seemed exactly like his timber timber his tinder (laughs) shiver me tinders according to her he seemed just like You know, his Tinder Tinder profile. So he was dressed head to toe in expensive clothes. He was staying in this fancy hotel. And she said he just had this really magnetic personality. And then he said he had to leave that afternoon to go on a business trip to Bulgaria. And he's like, you want to come? Join me on my private jet. So she's like, fuck yeah. Like, I would be crazy to say no to this. So she kind of like dropped everything and got on the plane, this private jet with him. And she said it was her and Simon and then his like security detail with like private bodyguards and stuff. And weirdly, there was a woman with a baby who claimed that she was Simon's ex and the mother of his child. And so Cecilia was just talking to her and this woman's there like vouching, oh, he's a great guy. He's really looking after me and the baby and blah, blah, blah. So, you know, I guess for her, There was at no point did she feel like she was getting catfished because dude turns up. You know, he's not just an online nobody. Dude turns up. He looks exactly like he does on his profile, so it's not fake pictures. And he's got an entourage. He's got the entourage. She's on a private jet with him, so there are no alarm bells ringing at this point. And, you know, so she says, you know, she has basically like – Most amazing night of her life, you know, shagged him, um, stayed in like amazing hotels. There's a woman breastfeeding a baby in the corner of the room while all this is going on still. Where's all his entourage? When did he ditch them? Georgie, I mean, like, you know, they went out to the club. They were drinking champagne. And then, you know, he had a a suite, you know, and everyone had suites, you know. He's the son of a billionaire. Apparently.
1: heir eh, To a diamond magnate. Oh, I've got a feeling that he's not though at some point. So I'm just trying to figure it
0: out already. Well, look, it's interesting because Cecilia says that she feel, felt like every single moment of her time with him, it felt like a movie. And actually, it's something that all the girls in this documentary say. And mm. and this is actually more about like the documentary and less about what the girls are saying. But while i think you know the the content of this documentary is really interesting and a bit of a you know warning to people to just be really like vigilant and do their due diligence online with people if you can the the documentary itself it's it's got all this really weird cinematic music in it which is really off-putting and it's just right. really distracting and it actually detracts from the whole thing but anyway that's just an aside and i actually i'd love to know if anyone else feels like the music in it is really shit and really off putting because you kind of feel like are they doing this because these girls say they feel like they're in a movie so they want to yeah. create this movie atmosphere but anyway well do write in yes do write in so basically Cecily was kind of reeled in and and hooked from day one and you know, from then on, she was kind of emotionally manipulated into thinking that she was in this really loving relationship with this guy who wanted to spend his life with her, start a family with her. And, you know, look, one thing I will say about this documentary is that this guy was really, really good at making women feel good about themselves. Because, okay, you know, he would take them on private jets and nice hotels and fancy dinners and, you know, all around Europe and whatever. And, Aside from the odd bouquet of flowers, you know, he was not, like, lavishing them with, like, expensive jewelry or handbags or clothes or faux coats or, you know, oh, here's a car. Like, what he did was he just gave them loving words and just made them feel really loved and he was really attentive and he was really good at remembering the details, you know, and basically that's all it took for these Girls to feel like, I say girls, mm. women, these women to feel like they had some really special connection with Guy. And that makes what happens next even sadder, really, because once they were in what they thought was a real relationship, that's when fucking shit went down and things turned. And the thing is that these three women, all of them had the same situation. They were, well, actually two of them were in a relationship. The third one, she had actually just gone on a date with him, realized it's not romantic, but they maintained a friendship. And he still managed to emotionally manipulate her as, you're my best friend, I really need you, I have no one else. Because what he would say is, I'm a diamond, you know, I'm in the diamond industry, I have enemies, they're they're coming after me. And, you know, they've frozen my bank accounts. I really need money. I need money to get to the next, you know, to the next country so I can sort out, please, you've got to help me. You know, Mm -hmm. I, I need you to, like, just get me through this tough space. You know I'm good for it to pay you back. So this is a financial scam. Absolutely. And what he was doing was kind of a Ponzi scheme in a weird, bizarre way. So what he would do is he had, like, loads of girls on the go and he would reel reel them all in and then he would like bomb them with that what I just told you, oh I need money, I need money now. Mm. He would encourage them to get credit cards and give him the details of the credit cards so he could use it and what he would do is then he would take all of the credit card information from one girl and spend it to wine and dine and private jets and hotels, the next one. Okay. So it was like, it was a pyramid scheme, but basically he was selling himself and the girls, you know, he was at the top of the upline. That's dark. It's really dark, but equally really smart because when it came down to it, these girls in their name had taken all the credit cards.
1: <gasps> oh, right. Oh, shucks. That's a lot of money.
0: So, you know, one, like, Cecily, she's in the hole 250,000 pounds. You know, and and, and it turns out, and look, I'm not going to go into too much more detail about the rest of the documentary because, you know, basically it is the same story over and over. And I really do encourage anyone to watch it because it is a wild ride. But what I will say is ultimately the girls do track him down because after he gets all the Ooh. money and they they realise, like, I've been scammed because the police get involved and they get this information that he'd pulled these scams in Finland. And it was actually Cecily who then got a Norwegian newspaper on the case who tracked him mm-hmm. down. And it's really scary what goes down. And then there's a, a Dutch girl who is onto him as well. And because when he turns nasty he starts threatening them their family you don't know who you're dealing with you know i will you will Um, pay for this you will regret you ever met me and your family's in danger you're in danger like really threatening really horrible so it it turns it turns very sour very quickly I know what this reminds me of now, Michelle. Sorry, it's just been right. re- that
1: dark. That darkness of character has really been hitting me, and I I now remember a podcast I listened to a few years ago. Who the hell is Hamish?
0: Oh my god! Yes, I've I listened to that as well. Mm. Really awful. I'll put a link in the show notes to that because it's definitely worth worth listening to. But just you know. Even though I, I guess I have given you spoilers on how this all ends up. Sure, um, but still, I bas- think I'm going to watch that. Yeah, because basically everything is fake. The bodyguard is fake. You know, the jet paid paid so- for by other women's money. The woman who said he was his With ex. The yeah. The one of the girls recognized her as being a previous victim, so somehow she's caught up in helping his scam. Whoa. So okay. really, really dark. So I could tell you the ending and what the upshot of all this is, but I'm not going to because oh, nice, I Michelle. think it's worth a watch. It is worth a watch. There it is, Geordie, the Tinder Swindler. Whoa. People, if you listen, to, I mean, listen, if you, people, if you watch the Tinder Swindler and want to talk about it, get in touch with us because I love a good chat about Bad television trees. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> Fantastic.
1: Thanks for that, Michelle. You have won me over. I'm going to watch it. Go for it. I will. Doris, Clarice, Maureen,
0: Doreen, Leslie, Leslie, Wesley, Tracy, and Stacy. Daniel. Daniel. Daniel, Daniel, Bill, <laughs> he's dropping.
1: Michelle, brains can do weird things. We are not always in control of our brains. Did you know that? You think? Do you think you're you're controlling
0: your brain, as is your brain controlling you? I don't know, but we have yeah. talked about you know, like the unreliability of memories and that's all yeah. your brain, you know, like mm. and if someone tells you one thing and then your brain can get mixed up and confused. Yeah. So I don't think our brains
1: are reliable.
0: Not really, no.
1: So, for example, last week on our podcast, <laughs> you said date raised. Do you remember that <laughs> instead of yeah, date raped? <laughs>
0: but you, but then you called me out on it and I was like, what, what did I say? I don't you know. You were convinced because- you didn't say it. You th- you didn't know you'd said it? Oh well, that's because I don't know anything. And t- you have to remember, last week I had had sh- I'd had champagne. You had a drink, yeah, before I recorded. So I'm I'm putting All it down right. to that. But yes, we'll, we'll put brains, it down to that then. Brains brains get old and sloshy. <laughs> <laughs> the older they you do. Get, so there you
1: go. Well, just generally, they can. They cannot. They can't always be relied upon. For example, in 2011, George Michael, remember him? Old George him. Michael. Oh, gone too R. soon. R. Gone R. too R. soon. R.I.P. Anyway, he was admitted to hospital in Vienna with pneumonia in 2011. Do you remember that? No. He was really unwell. Okay. It, he later described that period as the worst month of his life and claimed that doctors had spent three weeks keeping him alive. Well, when he woke up, there were fears that he'd suffered brain damage because he started speaking with a West Country burr. And those of you who aren't from England may not understand what a West Country burr is. It's from the Midlands. And it's like, if you've ever listened to The Archers, which is the Radio 4 long-running soap opera, you've got Eddie Grundy doing Careless Whisper. I never want to dance again, Clary Love. Guilty feet. I've got
0: no reason. No, 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 no reason. No reason. Tell <laughs> me what. I was about to say, please give us some West Country. You just went straight into I did. it. Loving it. Loving it. Loving it. Oh, what's it? Where's. Oh. Get out. Oh. Get it. Oh, hang on. Where's my. I can't even think of where's what I'm my tractor? To say. Where's my tractor? Is that yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> no, there's another one. Garen, we're of not my very farm.
1: good. No, terrible. Get out of my farm. Get off my land. It's get off my land. (laughs) Oh, dear. Well, (laughs) anyway, poor old George. He's not from the West Country, but that only lasted two days. And medics feared that he had a condition
0: known as foreign accent syndrome. Why do you look so frightened? That just doesn't even sound real. That sounds completely made up. Foreign I've got foreign accent syndrome. It's a thing. But you hear girls who, like, put on a fake voice and then they pretend to be posh or whatever. I guess it's not well, the same thing. Well, people could say that
1: about us. We have very mixed up accents. And actually, you gave Amanda Decadene a really hard time when you met her.
0: I did give her a hard time. Sorry, Amanda. I hope you're an eavesdropper. Backstage at Reading, at the Strokes. What's your accent? <laughs> I was, uh, no, I you didn't. You mean. said, are you South
1: African? Like that. <laughs> She was horrified.
0: <laughs> a because I didn't even know who she was, and she thinks she's famous. Oh, I'm so sorry, Amanda. Stop. <laughs>
1: so mean. <laughs> anyway, so our friend and fellow eavesdropper and researcher Tamira, the modern mystic, yeah. has been watching Australian 60 Minutes, which is the tick 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 tick. It's the uh, what do you call it? Like a docu- no, Is it a documentary style news program or something? What is it? A magazine style? program about interesting oh, stories
0: well it's a hard hard hitting but not hard really hitting. it used okay. to be it used to be back in the day with what was his name george negus george negus, george ray negus martin. and ray ray martin yes you know they they had a lot of uh hard hitting hitting news but no it's it's more of a yeah a news show but okay whatever i i really described that badly sorry you did well Tamira urged
1: me to watch a segment that she recently watched that had her thinking all week long on the program. they met a lady on the mid north coast of Australia, and she had a thick Eastern European accent. to me, it sounded Polish, but she was actually born born she was actually yeah. born and raised <laughs> she was birthed <laughs> she was born and raised. In Australia, fourth generation, in fact, and she's never been to Europe and her family are not European. So this was a weird accent for her to suddenly wake up having. Her name is Cindy Hastings and she was a successful business owner until a year before she suffered these epileptic seizures. Huh. In Plymouth in the UK, in England, Sarah Colwell was on the way to hospital in an ambulance and the paramedics asked her, are you aware of how you sound? She said, I sound like I have a slur and the paramedic said no you sound like you could be working in a Chinese takeaway and she said you look oh. like you could be <laughs> <I got to. laughs> in the program she says you look like you could be working in a local China or thumping oh my god you've got her trying to uh, do some a kind of speech therapy with a the professor later on and okay. he's saying things like cash and she's going Cash-a. cash cash oh. machine cash machine <laughs> It's weird, right? Yeah. Then there's Kay Russell in Gloucestershire, but her newly acquired French accent, to me, sounded like it needed a bit more work, in my opinion, but we'll come back to that story. We're going back to Cindy Hastings, the Australian lady in, I think it's Port Macquarie, sounding like she's from Poland. She was prescribed a new anti-convulsion drug and the side effects were her speech slowing down and her brain processing abilities were hindered and she started to have difficulty
0: finding her words. That sounds like me on a normal day. (laughs)
1: Sorry. (laughs) You well know, that could happen this is the thing, it's frightening. This is about your brain not not uh keeping up with the rest of you. Luckily for Cindy, there's a local radio interview on tape from years ago, so she can hear her old accent and it's very Australian.
0: Right. So hearing
1: hearing the tape really distresses Cindy because she remembers what it was like to talk at a normal speed and sound like she knew what she was talking about. Hmm. She actually sounds like she's only just learned English recently wow. now. God, that's yeah. that's
0: so frightening.
1: Her sentence formation and the words, plus the time she takes to think of the right words, she feels a complete disconnect between her brain and her mouth. So she's she sounds like she's she doesn't know all the words in English and she's searching for them. So her choice of words is as as Limited. a newly acquired English speak yeah. Spe- yeah. Mm. So poor Cindy, she's in tears when she reveals she's been told that her foreign accent syndrome may never be reversed.
0: <gasps> she's yeah. Oh. That's really awful.
1: It could be permanent. She's lost friendships and had to give up her
0: business. (gasps) Fuck. I wonder what her business was. I don't know.
1: Foreign accent syndrome is rare and there's only about 80 sufferers around the world at the moment. And the causes of it vary. The sufferers might feel sick and then wake up one day speaking totally different, a bit like George Michael. And it can be extremely isolating and very frustrating for the sufferers. So going back to the Chinese-accented Sarah Colewell from Plymouth, she's been a sufferer for two years. She was an IT analyst before, and then she had a, a severe migraine, which was almost like a stroke, and that triggered the syndrome. It happened straight away, like when she was in the the ambulance when the paramedics came to get her after her stroke. Yeah, well, it wasn't a stroke; it was a, a very, very severe. Migraine. Ah, Migraine, yeah. So then 60 Minutes, and I don't know who this man is. It's not George Negus. I think he's retired. (laughs) He speaks to Dr. This chap, he speaks to Dr. Nick Miller, who's from Newcastle University in England. And he says that the sufferers, he says, the sufferers aren't actually speaking in a foreign accent. It just sounds like that. And in actual fact, it's a speech disorder that hits the listener's ear like an accent would. So it's almost like, we make it up in our heads where we think they're from although to me it, apart from the french accent they all sound very much like they could be spoken by a chinese person or a, a polish lady
0: who is trying to speak english and english when it's for the not first, their yeah. first language yeah oh, but gosh. it's it's a
1: brain disorder unfortunately for sarah and her chinese accent she had to relearn how to phrase simple questions such as could you make me a cup of coffee, please? When she asked her husband, it became, you'll do coffee now. Are you joking? (laughs) I'm not joking. She'd say, you'll do coffee now, things like that. And he he would get it, you know, he understood. But she had to relearn how to say, can you please make me a cup of coffee? And subsequently, she lost a (laughs) load of friends. I just thought she was
0: being Really hot, really aggressive. But also because you had said something like when she was in the ambulance and the paramedic said, can you hear what you sound like? Could could she hear what she sounds like, or is can she hear what she sounds like, or is in, in her brain sure. in her brain is she saying, hey hey sweetheart, can you get me a cup of coffee? But what it comes mm. out as is you get me coffee. Like
1: yeah, I'm know. not sure actually. Yeah, oh. it's hard to get to the bottom of that. For Kay mm. Russell, this is the lady in Gloucestershire with the weird French accent. She says things mm. like accent. So I'm not sure that a French accent would you would say French French accent. I don't know.
0: Because you do that. (laughs) Do I? No, in in like when you're trying to put A macaron and something else you said. But you know what? This makes me think. I mean, because I remember when I was in my twenties, I was living with this girl, and she was very well brought up kind of girl, and she constantly would. She'd be like, oh, doll, what are you talking about? Oh, yeah, blah, man, blah, blah. Like put on this really full-on Aussie accent. accent. And it got to the point where she couldn't speak in the way she normally would speak because she had put Trained this herself. accent on so much. Yeah, yeah that, she, that was now how she spoke. And I was thinking about Matt Berry the other day, actually, and I was thinking, I wonder if he was so used to being Matt Berry that he <laughs> – I wonder if that was always how he spoke, or if that's now how he speaks because he's done it's, it so much. I don't and know. And it's his money maker. Because I wonder if that's if that can also happen to people where they they speak in a particular way for so long, mm. they can't they can't pull it back. They can't go back. Maybe I don't know.
1: But for for Kay Russell, let's get back to the foreign accent because all I know is about foreign accent syndrome because i haven't <laughs> sorry, done any sorry, sorry. research in all your questions <laughs> no. but so she started off with a migraine but the weird thing is Michelle and this was quite disturbing she recorded herself at the start of the syndrome and it's it's really quite rough to hear she's got herself on tape going so this is what was happening to her it was like the whole speech thing had been erased in her brain. So something went drastically, right. seriously wrong.
0: Yeah.
1: And the same thing happened to the Australian lady as well. There was also some some distressing kind of effects and, and, and also Sarah Colwell as well. I think in the beginning, it's almost like they had to relearn how to speak.
0: Yeah. With their new accents. <gasps> but can you imagine if it happened to you
1: and... I, mean, I don't want to imagine that. I think it's quite distressing.
0: Oh, my God. No, but I was just thinking, would your husband stick around with someone who is saying, get me coffee? Like, do you know what I mean? I think well, Hopefully, I think it's really tough. Yeah, but. Uh, you I know, mean, in
1: sickness you, and in health and all that. Yeah, <laughs> but, you, you know, would.
0: but you're the same person, but you're the, you're not, you know. Well, their
1: friends their friends abandoned them. Their friends couldn't
0: handle it and they took yeah, off. Yeah, right. God, that is really tough. Really mm. tough. And do you know what's really scary is that what? it's migraine triggered.
1: Oh, it's not just migraine. It's many other reasons. There was okay. a drug in one case. Yeah. Uh, the other one was, I can't remember, an illness or something. Mm. So Tamira was pondering this. She was she found it fascinating. but She wondered whether this phenomena was a past life seeping through
0: or Ooh. a
1: walk-in. Have you ever heard of a walk-in, Michelle? No, I have no clue what you're talking about. A walk in is a new age concept of a person whose original soul has departed his or her body and has been replaced with a new soul, either (gasps) temporarily or permanently. Oh.
0: Do you know what? This reminds me, we had talked very briefly about when people get drunk, and there's a theory that when you get drunk and you black out, the demon comes in. The demon comes in. You are temporarily taken over. And that's why people have no memory because it's like it wasn't me. Literally, I was overrun by by a spirit. Somebody pooed in my pants. That's <laughs> a worry. very good excuse. Natty J is not gonna like you talking about that. Come <laughs> on. <laughs> Anyway, it's also
1: known as a soul shift or a soul swap. And it's more common in young people under 25. Mm-hmm. Apparently, now this is from uh, asktheangels.com. Apparently souls can agree to do a swap. See, if, for example, the allocated soul doesn't fancy being in its latest incarnation. And this will usually happen at birth. So the parents won't even notice if suddenly their newborn baby has a quick swip swap out, out! Mm-hmm. The soul that's been allocated to that baby gets taken out, or decides to come out, gets swapped with another one who's willing to go in.
0: Right. It's
1: weird. That is weird. It can also happen after an illness. Eye color can also change. Michelle, my eye color changed.
0: Well, my eye color is definitely different. have I had
1: a soul swap? Yes. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you? I think uh, I've had many, many soul swaps over the years. But who
0: were we talking about where they said their eye colour changed? Oh, the one with Me. them. No, the guy who prints, who was Camilla's um love child. Oh, Do you yes. remember he said they changed yeah. his eye colour? Oh, they but, had it changed, yes, yes that's right. Yes, but maybe he just had a, a soul swap. Well,
1: they're saying eye colour can change in soul mm. swaps, but because it happens in babies, that's kind of a thing that happens naturally.
0: Hang on, so did... Did your when did your eyes
1: change color? When I gave birth to my first child. From what to what? From a
0: grey blue to green. Okay, so your so basically your soul went. I'm not I'm not dealing with this. I'm getting out. And And you go. (laughs) Parenthood sucks. I'm out of here. I just want to party. (laughs)
1: Maybe that's what happened I have had a soul swap You had a party soul and then you had mummy soul I don't know The thing is I still feel very similar to the person that I was
0: age 18 and 19 Mm. Before I had a baby for the first time Mm -hmm. Interesting, okay Because you know I used to have very very blue eyes And now they They are still blue, they're really blue They're green sometimes, they're grey sometimes Uh. They just change all over the shop Anyway Okay, well occasionally the person who
1: had a walk in can feel uncomfortable in their own skin, Michelle. So that's a way of telling. Do you
0: feel uncomfortable in your skin? No, but I wonder if this is also something where, you know, people who are transgender
1: Yes. Well I'm going I'm coming oh, on to that. Oh, okay. Yes. Sorry, jump the gun. Jumping that gun. Sometimes the soul is needed elsewhere and will need a replacement for a short period while the original soul is taking care of business elsewhere. Having
0: a nervous breakdown. <laughs>
1: Or something, the per- or drunk, the person may experience a personality change and find it hard to feel at ease with previous relationships. And there are many types of walk-ins, but you can also have a malicious one where your soul gets locked away. This could be because you've sold your soul for fame and fortune, Michelle. So do be careful what you wish for.
0: What is it? What is that one? You, like not Devil's Cafe. Um, the Devils. Huh? No, where you the portrait, the picture of Get Dorian Gray? No, no, you know it's like that, the cafe where you basically so the devil comes and they so you sell no. your soul to the devil. Okay. You don't oh, know what I'm the talking one where about. you've got the picture of them
1: all at the diner with mm. Marilyn Monroe and James Dean and Elvis Presley. Right. Yeah, that's interesting. There's a lot of talk of this uh, soul swapping, and it's way too confusing. So I moved on to past lives because. I found a I found a quiz in a Soul and Spirit magazine, so I wanted to find out how you might know that you've been here before. And according to the, it's not really a quiz. It's just it's ten signs that you've been here before. Do you want to see if you pass, Michelle? Let's see. I want to answer. All right, here we go. Number one, questioning your gender as you started to say earlier. Before I shut you down, yes. You may be used to being the opposite gender from a previous life. Same with a soul swap as well.
0: Yeah, okay. Look, I'm very happy being a girl. I've never felt uncomfortable. Um. So I think that's a, that's a cross for me. How about you? So maybe
1: next time when you're a bloke, you'll
0: yeah. be, oh, I'm not happy with this. I want to change. Yeah.
1: I like being a girl. I love being a girl.
0: Yeah, okay. I just thought that's what you were saying because I said, how about you? And you just said, I lo- I'm. I want to change. I'm like, what? <laughs> what? I know I don't. <laughs> no. Sorry. I just got confused
1: for a moment. Uh, um, well, no, because mm. it's a rhetorical question. Déjà vu is the second point. Do you feel like you've been somewhere before or know it like the back of your hand, Michelle? Yes. Déjà vu? Yes. but well, you probably have been there before in your previous life. Mm, okay. Tick. Number three, tick. Number three, you've been described as being an old soul. So are you are you drawn to a particular era, for example? You know, you've got all those guys who grow their handlebar waxed moustaches. Oh, that's just,
0: they're just hipsters, whatever.
1: Or there's me with my 70s flicks and flares. <laughs> I do love the 70s. Or do you feel out of place in the modern world? Or do you act as though you're much older than you are? Or do you behave in a way that you're older than your years you're an old soul. And I you've been here before. I would say no
0: to all of that
1: actually. Okay. Mm. Vivid dreams, especially
0: of another era or country or time. I would say where you feel like yes you've been there. To vivid dreams because my dreams are crazy vivid, but are they okay. of another era? No, not particularly. They're all or
1: country or something that's you feel comfortable in but it's not recognizable. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that is true. Could be memories. Mm. That's a half tick. Half a tick. Number five, strange coincidences. If you continually bump into the same person or feel as though you know the outcome of something before it's happened, these are signs that you've lived them that time before or similar. I would say tick. It's a very dodgy bloody article, I have to say, this spirit and soul
0: I It is, but I'm kind of enjoying it, so I'd give that a tick. I'd
1: give that a tick. Number six, hidden talents such as musical instruments or foreign language knowledge without ever having taken a lesson. So if you just pick up a violin and, eh, 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 like I'm having to experience right now because my youngest is learning violin.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I wish he did have this syndrome because then he'd be like a virtuoso. But sadly, no, I I, I would have to say no on that. Going back to the Irish. Mm.
1: I've just remember I've just had a memory of my eldest son when he was little walking into some to the neighbours, his grandparents' neighbour's house when we were on Ireland. And this woman later on I met her, she was a psychic she said, Your son's been here before. He's an old soul. He's been here before. Felt like I was knocked over. She was quite psychic. She would tell me all sorts of things. She was quite fascinating, this woman.
0: Wow. I can kind of see that actually, with your eldest. Mm. Bit of an old soul. Old soul. So
1: hidden talents without having taken a lesson. If you suddenly know how to do something, really good at something and you haven't had much training on it, it's probably because you used to do it in your previous life.
0: Or you're just really quick, quick to pick things up and you're super talented and smart.
1: Exactly. Number seven, unexplained phobias. So anything that hasn't been learned by your parents, etc., like a fear of spiders because your mum screams or, or mice because she jumps on a chair when a mouse comes in. Anything like a fear of loud noises. Now, you'll love this explanation that they've put in this magazine article, Michelle. If you have a fear of loud noises, it's probably because you've been shot in your past life <laughs> or not liking things around your neck. It's probably been a factor in your death is what they say. You're probably strangled by that scarf and that's why you don't like to put it around your neck. Gosh,
0: (laughs) I think that's quite a stretch. Although, do you know know what? I went on this Hindu once um, and it was, they had a psychic there and I just, I literally just moved to the UK and it was with a whole bunch of women I'd never met before. I only knew the bride and only barely at that. And I remember we did, she did this kind of psychic reading and I started getting this really weird feeling around my neck and she said are you okay and I went to say yes and I could hardly speak I went "Eh." like it just is a weird little squeak came out and she said are you experiencing some some you know like feeling around your neck and I was like yeah I was like "Eh." like nodding and she said oh she said what that is is generally you feel like you you haven't got a voice in your life right now whatever you know in this psychic reading that's what's happening to you and she was spot on so Mm. I don't know because at that point I really did feel like not listened to not heard yeah and my voice was yeah not being valued so um maybe there is something in this I mean I'm not saying that you like because you don't like scarves you've been noosed but um yeah I don't (laughs) know I don't know I'm I'm yeah I, i'll give that some thought
1: okay well there's also number eight a powerful psychic intuition reincarnated people have hidden knowledge and often know things before the rest of us they mm. say in soul and destiny magazine spirit and soul do you think that
0: applies to you why do you think i'm psychic I don't know. I don't think you're psychic, but I think probably like me, you have moments where you have really strong intuition about something or you hmm. know yeah. something without knowing why you know it. But I wouldn't necessarily say that we are no. psychic. I mean, I would love it. I would love to be psychic. but uh. I, I don't know where I stand on
1: reincarnation. Uh, let's just talk about this once I get through because I've got number nine and number 10 to get through, Michelle. Oh, sorry, number sorry. nine Highly sensitive, usually empaths. Usually you're an empath if you've been here before and and you want to bring peace and love to the world. And finally, number 10, you long for deep conversation. You're bored by the superficial chat chat and need to deeply discuss things like philosophy, science, art, etc. So you're not an eavesdropper.
0: <laughs> Do you know what? It's funny because... You know, as you know, I'm a I'm a Gemini and I feel like I have this side of me which is all like surface. I don't want anything too deep. And then there's this other side where that's all I want. I don't want any yeah. of that surface rubbish. It just depends on like where you're at and and your mood yeah. and the day and whatever. So, yeah, I'm not sure about that last point. I think people are more than one thing, you know.
1: Yes. I really don't think that that's a good list of things about to <laughs> prove that you have been reincarnated. If you can tick not. any of these boxes. I don't know where I stand on reincarnation. I don't know where I stand on spirituality. I don't know where I stand on the afterlife. I don't know where I stand on any of those things, to be honest with you. I like to explore it. That's why we talk about those things on this podcast yeah because it's interesting it took me down so many rabbit holes Michelle it was there's a lot if you look into walk-ins soul swapping there's a lot out there oh wow there's the intergalactic walk-ins as well, the star seeds. There's these things called star seeds, which are people from another galaxy, and they're all on their way to come and take over our bodies and weird things. The, the stuff that people believe it can be quite out there, and you can subscribe to a point of view if it makes you feel better about yourself. But honestly, I would tend to just try and be more in the here and now, just not worry too much about the existential angst you know, where do we come from? Where are we going? Right now in my life, and I think I've always felt like this, although I have researched and explored things, I think I'm just quite happy being here and now.
0: And knowing the earth is flat. I'm joking. Knowing that Um...
1: earth is so flat that I could just walk straight
0: off it. Straight off the edge. No, but I think there is something really empowering and freeing once you realize that you know, all all we have is the here and now. You know, yesterday, yeah. even like five minutes ago, it's gone, and we don't gone. know what's next. Literally, all we have is right this second, this moment, and and to just you know try and be be the happiest you can be in this moment, because everything else is is either gone or coming. Exactly. But it but for now, this moment. While you're eavesdropping, <laughs> yeah, just have a smile exactly. on your face. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I know you could get all caught up
1: in all sorts of things. You can stand on a pedestal and shout things to people who aren't listening. But to be honest, look within, I think. Just look within and be happy in the moment.
0: Yeah. yeah. And, you know, it's interesting because you know that I listen to Abraham, which is Esther Hicks. And ultimately that is that is her message well Abraham's message which is the only way that you manifest things you want is to be happy right now in this moment with whatever it is that you have and don't focus on what you don't have because Mm. the more you focus on what you don't have the more you'll get more of what you don't have and if you focus on being happy that is like the the seed that brings everything to you so always even if it's really hard even if you only find a shred of joy in the moment that is like the little you know match to the flame that will get you in moving in the right direction Oh, well, wow. That is really interesting. I wonder if we need to do like an episode on walk-ins because it sounds like there's a lot of crazy stuff out there and so I'd love much. to explore it. Maybe we can um, put a pin in that for a future episode. But thank you so much. I loved, I loved hearing all about that. That's great. And thank you for telling me all about the
1: swindler, Tindler, Windler, Bimbler. <laughs> which I will watch on Netflix
0: ASA pooey, Shimon, motherfucker. That's <laughs> the dude. Watch out, people. If you see, like look him up. Because, you know, without saying too much, I would not be surprised if he was back on Tinder. Oh. Doing doing this whole scam again and the thing is in the documentary he went to a plastic surgeon to try and like change his looks so oh my God. that's even scarier he could be out there with a
1: like new face <laughs> like days of our lives or something an american
0: daytime soap it's crazy oh stuff God. crazy stuff oh well thank you geordie thank you so much i love thanks it. michelle loved your accent Oh, lift your accents <laughs> lift your accents oh. oh it's so terrible i can't do them oh but anyway all right well look don't, don't bother with that all no. right
1: darling well listen you know what we need to do all of you out there and all of us here in our studios what we need to do now is just what, <laughs> what? i can't remember the catchphrase <laughs> <laughs> Where, wherever you are <laughs> whatever you bloody do just, just keep, keep eavesdropping. Eaves drop dropping, drop it,
0: drop his keys, dropping, dropping,
1: dropping, 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 Eaves dropping, dropping, drop it, dropping, Eaves dropping nah. all
0: day long.